Welcome back, everyone, to the Winning in Life Without Losing Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Pete. I'm super excited to have a special guest with you today as we continue our series on confessions of Enneagram numbers. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to thank you for listening. If you're listening to this on any audio podcast platform, I'd love for you to leave a five-star review, not four. Don't be stingy with your stars. And leave a comment on uh, anything that you would like to hear me talk about on this podcast or address as we're leaning into different things about creativity and processes and the kind of using Enneagram as a, a lens to see some of that stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for watching. would love for you to hit the like, subscribe, and ring the bell. All those actions help get the word out and I hope you know when I'm going live or when I'm posting videos. If you are follow along on social media, you can follow me at Dustin Peed or you can go to DustinPeed.com if there's anything that I could help you with. Would love to chat. Just hit the let's talk button. Now, my guest today is, do, are we considered in-laws? How does I, that work? I think so. Whenever I like tell people about you, I'm like, yeah, Nick's brother-in-law. And then they're like, isn't he your brother-in-law? And I'm like, technically, I guess, yes. But like, if Nick and I weren't married, no. <laughs> but so yeah. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I guess. How that to know how that works. Me neither. <laughs> I don't think for sure are in-laws. Because for sure, yes. Is my wife. <laughs> it's like we're in-law laws. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Double law. <laughs> Double double double. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lauren or Lulu, as we call her, or even shorter, Lou, eventually mm. it's just going to be an L and then it's just going to be a sound. Is my sister in law in law? She, uh, my wife's brother is married to Lulu. <laughs> so you did a good job. Very similar background. I literally just finished my interview with him. He was the Enneagram six that we uh, reported <laughs> with. I don't know if Lulu's is going to come out before Nick's. I don't know. We'll, we'll just, however it We should have got out. a little backdrop to change it or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally wearing the exact same outfit. It's, the exact, it's literally, <laughs> I stopped recording with Nick 20 minutes ago. Um, we'll transparency behind the curtain. Uh, people love back, like behind the stage, and that's what we're doing here. We're all about giving you access. Um, yeah, but Lulu, thanks for being here. This is going to be fun, right? Because yeah. you're seven, and you do this one. We, right? I just like to have fun. Yeah, that's what yeah. seven's like. So well, if it's, if she just disappears from the screen, it's because she's not having fun and she decided to leave. Yeah. Or if I just start staring off to the space and I'm like, what'd you say? And Wait, what's the name? I'm like, what now? I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Lost me. It. I would love it. I'd, next time I see you wearing a shirt that says I'm bored. I actually should get one of those. That's yeah. would be a pretty good idea. So we've been walking through these confessions of Enneagram. It started with a blog post and a recording that I did about confessing to all the things that it's like to be an Enneagram for, and people were horrified by it. No, I'm just kidding. It was just uh, <laughs> normal. Fours for, are scary to me, so I get that. Yeah, normal for fashion. It was intense and full of emotion. But, um, yeah. you know, I've had, uh, I've recorded with an Enneagram 3 already. He cried, so Aww. I didn't cry um but uh but yeah you know we're, we're just out here confessing because at the end of the day what this is all about is how can we best 
interact with people? How can we best love each other? How can we best do life with each other? How can we build each other up? There's so many things in the world that are, we're just constantly tearing each other down. How can we understand each other more? How can we learn to have more empathy for each other? And I think one of the ways to do that, I've talked about this a lot, is to just be open and vulnerable. And that comes really easy to some people and not so easy to other people. So some people have to force to come on the podcast and open up even if they don't want to. Right, Lou? <laughs> that would be me. If anyone was I'm like, your family sort of in the line of laws. <laughs> You I mean, have to be nice about well, it. You actually asked, and I was like, I, I guess I have to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't say no. I don't want to make anybody <laughs> mad. Anyway, uh, I'm so glad you're doing this. I think it's mm -hmm. fun. I love because I think, you know, you and Nick have kind of been on this Enneagram journey probably about as long as Sarah and I have, and just really understanding who you are and who God has made you to be. I don't shy away from the fact that Enneagram is just a tool. It's not like the sevenness is your identity this is not like who you are as a person it, like you're labeled as a seven no you're still lauren slash lulu slash lou slash l slash uh yeah. <laughs> so, like you're still all those things and that's mm -hmm. who you are you're not you're not the sum total of your number but our numbers help us kind of understand each other like i said so that we can have more empathy with each other and so just like i've been starting all these episodes with i wanted to get into um jackie brewster is uh, a coach that um has meant a lot in mine and my wife's life she's actually lives in the nashville area just like nick and lulu do um but she is enneagram with jb.com or, or if you can follow her on instagram at enneagram with JB, um, but she has lots of really great resources. But if you're like me and sometimes your attention pan span is really small and you're like, I, I just need like a quick reference, just really cool thing. It's um, the Enneagram Essentials 125 Cards for Self-Awareness and Connection. This little piece right here. Uh, ooh, good at focus. Um, so inside there's like a bunch of little cards go through it goes through like stuff like different basics of enneagram different awarenesses insights assets relationships and so on but she starts it with this really cool uh little pamphlet um in uh in the front of it um that just kind of gives a brief summary of each enneagram type and so i thought to kind of start each episode i would read just the brief paragraph for each enneagram type so that the watcher or listener kind of knows has a starting place for this conversation and knows where this person is coming from as this type of Enneagram. And so uh, Enneagram 7, she writes, uh, is known as the energetic enthusiast that, um, and you can just nod along in total agreement because I know you'll agree with all this. Uh, <laughs> sevens love to plan and anticipate positive future events. They tend to be joyful, fun-loving, adventurous, strong, and determined individuals who prefer having multiple choices. I can just affirm all of this from knowing Lily. <laughs> to be happy, even if she disagrees, it's true. They want to be happy and satisfied and don't like to be controlled or limited in any way. They're also likely to be well-rounded and affirming, though they are quick-minded visionaries who love exciting new adventures they can also become escapists when they feel trapped or stuck in emotional pain such as a podcast i can't believe it says that but, <laughs> wow how does she know <laughs> that's so weird. um yeah first initial thoughts on that is all that does all that kind of resonate with you yeah pretty spot on yeah <laughs> pretty, yeah um, 
Well, let's, let's dive right in then. What what is um what is something that most people wouldn't know about you as an Enneagram Seven? Um, I guess for me personally, I think I'm kind of like I don't know how deep into Enneagram people have gotten or whatever, but I'm kind of like the off type seven or whatever. I don't remember the actual word for it, but like the anti seven kind of type. So I'm more of like a, I guess they call it sensual seven where I'm like best with like a smaller group of people. And so it's like, like I like to be in crowds and like have a party, but like, to be socially satisfied, I only need like a couple people that I know really well to like, you know, satisfy that kind of like. Yeah, we, we were just talking about thing. that. Nick and I were just talking about that in his recording too. This is uh, a commonly referred to as subtypes and that there's yeah. three subtypes for each Enneagram number that there's mm-hmm. self-preservation, which is very much a defensive mindset. There, it just kind of everybody kind of keep back in the it's it's very difficult to kind of penetrate that inner circle then there's one to one which it sounds like you are which is like a small group one or two people around you mm-hmm. at all it's kind of like your sweet spot yeah uh, and there's social which is like the group setting which is like people that like the more people the better kind of thing yeah. the more, and a lot of people equate I think a lot of people when they originally think of an Enneagram 7 they immediately go oh social butterflies yeah right but and I can do that like like I'm not. Yeah. 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 It doesn't like bother me to be in like a large group, but I think, yeah, like I, my sweet spot is like you said, like just like a smaller group of people. Yeah. That is interesting. I think that's a good point for everybody just right out the gate to kind of go, okay, well, well, I mean, every, every Enneagram number kind of has their stereotypes and has their generalizations. I think it's Mm -hmm. good to know right away that because someone is an Enneagram seven doesn't necessarily mean that they're a social seven that they're always going to have to be surrounded by lots of people, mm-hmm. but they may just need a small group or they may equally need like some alone time. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's, let's put on the Enneagram seven lens glasses and mm-hmm. show us for a second, like how do you view the world around you as a seven? Um, it's definitely changed over the years, but I think in general, I see the world. I know I'm wearing my yellow today, but I'm. I feel cool. like uh, <laughs> Enneagram sevens are like affiliated with like yellow and like happy and joy. And I feel like for the most of the time, I see the world that way, like through like kind of yellow colored glasses instead of rose. But um, it's like. I look for the positive, but I think I'm, I know there's going to be like negative things happening. Mm. So I think it's kind of like I prepare myself. So I'm not like thrown off by the negativity, but I'm also like hopeful that there won't be any this day or whatever, you know, (laughs) it's more optimistic than Mm -hmm. it is then it is defensive. Like you're not always like a six, like your husband, like we just talked with Nick about, like he's kind of just always like on guard. It's about to come at me. When yeah. It comes like, at me, you know, chop it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're just like, no, nah, things probably work out. I mean, if they don't, we're ready. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, I before we started recording, um, I was explaining this this question to Lulu, and I said, like, I imagine when sevens, like, the view of a seven is that the whole world is Muppets. That's how <laughs> yeah. I imagine it. <laughs> the whole world is Muppets. I mean, I kind of could see that because. <laughs> When I first answered this question before you like explained a little more about it, I said the world is selfishly unaware of their surroundings, which is kind of Muppety, I feel like. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and so when you said that, I was like, yeah, they're just all kind of like silly little Muppets just walking around. <laughs> <laughs> you bump into so, them, you're like, can't you see I'm walking and being a like... Muppet? I love that. What uh, do you love the most if anything i think i feel like you probably would sevens are pretty positive right what do you love the most about being in your game seven um let's see probably the thing i love the most is also the thing that i annoys me the most about myself which i don't know i don't know if like other numbers have that but probably the thing that i love the most is that i like i literally could be down to do anything like i'm not picky like if somebody invites me to go to like the rodeo that sounds great i'm gonna go but and then if somebody invites me to go to the opera totally opposite perfect i'm down like i'll be ready sounds good but then it also annoys me because then i don't actually know what i want to do unless i'm like invited to do it because <laughs> it's like i literally am like yeah i'll do whatever like everything kind of sounds fun so yeah. they're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't really care. Like, and I honestly don't really care. But then when yeah. I have to decide, it's like, oh, God, pick something. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. So uh, I know a lot of Instagram nines, like if you ask a nine to pick or to pick a favorite or to pick a, like a name, a top five list, like that just kind of shuts them down immediately because they have a hard time with favorites. So mm -hmm. if you're in of people I just want to sit on this for a second if you're in a group of people or just the two or three friends that you love hanging around with and someone's like we should go do something you're telling me your answer is yes yeah not just... yes and this is what we should do it's just yes yeah like let's do something but i don't normally like say what it is because it yeah. normally somebody else has like a specific thing they either do or don't want to do and because I'm just like, yeah, I'll do whatever. I just usually let other people pick because I'm not super picky about it. <laughs> right. And so. so you, but the, but the flip side of that is you feel like you don't really know what you want until you get into it. So maybe sometimes you get into a situation and you're like, I did want to do something. This is not it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You get there and I'm like, well, this is not really what I thought it was going to be. But. <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm just so excited to go do something with people. And then you get there and you're like, um, I mean, this awesome. is fine, awesome. but not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored. I that. <laughs> That's right, when I whip out my on board shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some rapid fire. Uh, this one's probably pretty easily easy for a seven, I would guess, but are you thoughtful or whimsical? Um, I definitely am thoughtful. Which really? probably is not what you would think that I would answer. Yeah. <laughs> you asked me, Enneagram conversation aside, if you asked me, do you think Lulu is thoughtful? Just that question, I would be like, of course she's thoughtful. Um, 
I think the 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 question here is, do you go about life in a well thought out way, or do you kind of go through life just like whatever happens? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it really. This one actually was kind of hard for me, which is like, I know you wanted to be rapid fire, but um, because like, like literally at my core, I definitely am more like practical and like thoughtful about stuff. Like if it's like an actual, like very important thing, but like, but I do, you know, like to have fun and kind of bend the rules and like seem whimsical in like how I don't in like how I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm up for whatever. So I think it's sort of like, I think that's part of the challenge of a seven also. It's like Situational for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you selfish? Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. How so? Sure. Um, I mean, is it everybody, but. I, I guess not disagree to that, but I think everybody <laughs> different ways. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of like it's almost the same answer as the other one. It's like, yeah, I'm selfish sometimes, but again, I'm very go with the flow. So it's kind of like if somebody else is like, oh, I really, really want to do this. And I'm like, oh, this sounds good. Like, I kind of would rather do this if like, this person's like so gung-ho about whatever they want i'm like okay well i'll do that because that would be fun to see them have fun doing it i guess so and i think a lot of my i guess not like upbringing but like my 20s i would say were that was kind of like me just going along with like what people wanted to do and then i would maybe say like oh this sounds fun but that usually would never happen probably because they knew that I would just do whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like sevens are privately selfish more than a lot of like publicly selfish because at the end of the day, you're just there to have fun. The selfishness Mm -hmm. in that is that it's about you having fun, but then there's also the just like, as long as there's fun being had around you, you're just happy to be in the room. Mm -hmm. So, that way you're not selfish like i don't have to be the one having fun but i do have to be in the room yeah you know I mean? <laughs> where the fun is happening yeah <laughs> yeah for sure because then uh, i can kind of create my own sort of fun it's like if they're not having fun and i came with them i was like you know find something else to entertain me i guess <laughs> i love it ones create their own fun that's what you need to hear today um, all right what well i'll say this before i ask this next question I did the same thing with Nick a a little bit ago. A lot of the Enneagram people that I follow uh, kind of coach it through the lens of the gospel and the lens of biblical truth and Christianity. And um, one of the things that a lot of them include, like Jackie and uh, Beth McCord, who we'll we'll talk about later, they kind of include this this phrase of like this Enneagram numbers signature sin. Um, And you kind of play, a lot of them kind of tend to be centered around like the Catholic Church's seven days sins and mm-hmm. so it's really easy for hum- for anyone in humanity to relate to these items and i th- i think seven is interesting to me because when people hear it they go well most sevens i know aren't overweight but the signature sin for seven is gluttony mm. and i think the <laughs> misconception is is that it's glutton for food but it's mm. really glutton for life yeah like 
glutton for experiences, glutton to be involved. You know, when people think of FOMO, sevens are the ones that usually have the highest yeah. you know, amount of FOMO in the world. Um, yep. Now we're talking in the previous recording, we don't even know if people say FOMO anymore, but that means the fear of missing out. <laughs> If you didn't know, yeah. So I guess, I mean, my, my original question is what do you envy, but do you see kind of that gluttony playing uh, a part of the thing that you feel like might be missing as well? Yeah. I mean, I think that I feel like envy towards people or like seem like they're having a good time, I guess. So I guess that could be like, and then that's like, I want to be having a good time. So then that's probably like the gluttony thing, the gluttony part. Yeah. 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 So, and then, so I think it's kind of like those people seem like they are confident and know what they want in life and are having like carefree. And then like, that's like what I want. And so it's kind of like, I hear that. I hear that. But yeah, I feel that. What do you thrive on? Um, definitely on variety <laughs> and change and change, which and change. most people most people hate. So now that tracks. <laughs> I'm sitting here with this card in front of you. Like I, I talked about uh, th- through this Enneagram Essentials uh, kind of card deck from Jackie, and I've got the Enneagram Seven card uh, here in front of me, and it's listing off. You know the the signature sin, which we just talked about, um, the divine attribute being joy, but then it says the core desire of a seven is to be free of limits. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the opposite of that would say that you would be that you thrive on change. So that makes sense. You feel that you feel like to be free of limits is kind of like, if I can just live there, you're happy. Oh yeah. It's it's like the challenge of my past four years has been trying to find a job free of limits. So it's very different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that. Hashtag self um, All right. So uh, I think I asked you before we started recording if you knew what your wing was. So what is your, I think you told me your predominant wing is eight. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. How, how can you tell that and how do you see that playing out <laughs> in your life? Because a lot of us, you know, the way I explain wings is that everybody, well, unless you have a handicap, that everybody has two hands and that you can use both hands for things, but one hand is more dominant than the other. And so wings are no different. You can wings as a seven, you can wing six or you can wing eight, but one of them is going to be more predominant than the other one. And so for you, you're saying your predominant wing is eight. How, what does that look like for you as a seven? How do you wing eight? Um, I think for me, it just means like I'm like quick to react to things like, not necessarily in a negative way, but like if somebody like says something and I like have an opinion on it, I'm going to like kind of come out right away and like speak my opinion on it. I'm not just going to like wait for everybody else to do it and like, you know, see what everyone else says. I'm yeah. probably going to be the first one to be like, oh, I yell it out and be kind of loud about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'll say stuff and then later on I'm like, Ooh, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's like, oh shoot. <laughs> be the healthy part. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause an unhealthy eight would be like, yes, yeah, so if you're upset, it's your problem. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. So. I like that. Um, so I'm trying to get here to some people, uh, this is probably gonna be tough for a seven. It's super easy for me as a four. Cause I feel, <laughs> I feel flawed in little ways, but um, do you feel any kind of like incompleteness or defect as an Enneagram seven? Um, yeah, I guess kind of like, the main one is just sort of like how to express my feelings, um, which I think I didn't realize was sort of like the defect until I started learning more about the Enneagram and like going to therapy, which is like a whole nother thing that took forever for me to do. But um, this is talking about your feelings. But yeah. I think like having any like intense negative feeling was always like very hard for me and I would just cry because I didn't know how to be angry or stressed or sad or like have anxiety. Like I didn't know how to categorize them into their separate feelings. So I would just like get overwhelmed and like start crying and people would be like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I also hate crying in front of people. So it's sort of like I would just run away and try and hide until like whatever the feeling was went away because I didn't really know what to do with it. So, right. Well, if your divine attribute as a seven is joy for you to portray anything else would feel unnatural to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and core fears for seven, you kind of touched on it there, uh, is to be trapped in emotional pain. Mm-hmm. So kind of really understanding how to get out. And I think that's really important what you said there about therapy is because therapy helps us navigate through those emotions rather than being stuck in them because mm-hmm. it's not good for anyone to be stuck in really any emotion like it's 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 healthy for us to kind of learn how to process through the emotion mm-hmm. but not get stuck in that emotion which obviously is super difficult for force but we won't talk about that on this episode <laughs> um, Yes, yeah, so I, I pulled up kind of the the lines. I feel like you probably know enough about Enneagram to know the lines, but for our listeners, um, there are other Enneagram numbers that each Enneagram number will line to in stress, and then they will line to a different number in growth. And so as you were talking about some of those like stressful situations that you would just break down and cry, I was like, oh, I wonder what she lines to in stress. And seven's lined to a one in stress how do you see that play out? i know this is not a prepared question but i'm just fascinated no, by it. how do you see how do you see that play out um yeah so i think the the crying thing was more like i just didn't know how to portray my feelings but definitely when i'm stressed i am like a perfectionist like if people mm. are annoying me and i'm stressed i'm like we need to do this thing right now and like let's get it done like no like you know dilly dallying like come on let's like do that. Like I get like, kind of like very like, let's go, which is, you know, very one. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if I'm kind of like stressed or sort of in a bad mood, I definitely am more like regimented in how yeah. I talk to people. <laughs> so in, in growth or in health, they would say that you're on the health. So it's not just, not, it's not just that you're lining to, to one in general, you're lining to the unhealthy side of a one under stress and, and then yeah. under growth or in health, you're lining to the healthy side of an Enneagram five. What does that look mm-hmm. like for you? Because 
uh, I feel like fives and sevens couldn't be any different from each other as far as ones that I know in my life. Yeah, I actually don't think I know any fives, um, which is kind of funny. Um, so I I don't really know a whole lot about fives like in the real world. Um, but I think when I am like, you know, my best self, I guess I'm, I'm able to actually like be kind of relaxed, which is a little bit hard for me. A lot of times, like it's hard for me to like sit and like read a book or like do a puzzle or something. So I think when I'm like, um, probably winging, in health five, I can like sit and like do a puzzle for like a couple hours and like listen to music, not have to be like doing something oh, physical. Yeah. 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 A little bit more like in intellectual or, you know, kind of just yeah. like calming, I guess. Like, I'd say too, what I see in you in that is fives are the ones that I think are when I think of fives, I think they're the most thoughtful because they're the ones that sit with their thoughts the most. Hmm. And so again, earlier, like I said, if someone asked me like, is Lulu a thoughtful person? I would say, well, of course she's a thoughtful person. So I feel like you're always thinking of other people and you're always thinking of like, you know, whatever you want to do kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But also like, just like, I know you like this. And so I brought this for you or I, I know it's, you know, just like, you know, people. And so you, it's everything that you do is a little bit more thoughtful. I can see that in the five health line for you of going, I have time to sit and think about this. And then what you said too, about being able to relax, like fives are like the poster child of learning, of knowing how to kind of like detach and unplug and relax. Right. Because they need that mm -hmm. for them more than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, but like I was telling Nick, like Nick was saying, you know, he wings as a six that he wings more seven than five. And I'm like, well, I just want, I told him, I was like, I see you wing five when, uh, when you're constantly trying to get better and to learn new things. Like you're always, yeah. like you're, you know, especially in the last handful of years, he's always reading a new book. He's always trying to grow. He's always trying to get better. He's always trying to gain knowledge. That's a very five way to live. Yeah. Um, and so, I think it's interesting to see that, you know, as you and your, as you and Nick, your husband are, you know, side by side numbers, right? Yeah. Like seven and he's six that, you know, his wing to five is also where you go in health. I just find all that stuff. Fascinating. Yeah, that is cool. I don't know if I've ever thought of that before. That's cool. Yeah. So like if both of you are five in it, it's a mm -hmm. good thing. Yeah. For you, for you both. Yeah. And as a couple, I would imagine. Yeah, I think he wing I we were talking about it yesterday and it was actually hard to figure out like where he winged more cuz I think he's like pretty even. But it could also be because I'm a 7 that he wings 7 more than maybe he would be if I right, wasn't around, you know. And <laughs> the hits. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, and the hits. I like that. Um all right, how do you best how do sevens best get along with people? Um yeah, definitely in person, like face to face interactions and like doing something. So like an experience, not necessarily like I, this sounds terrible, but like I am not the like want to go get coffee person. Like that sounds like a terrible time for me. Like we can go get the coffee and then like do something while we're drinking the coffee. But I'm not the person that wants to be like sitting there looking at you awkwardly having some random conversation with someone I don't know very well. 
like drinking coffee. <laughs> it just sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so it's like, let's go get a coffee and then like go for a walk and like look at stuff yeah. or, you know, I don't know. Like it's a very experiential kind yeah. of relationship, not just a, a talk, a sitting face to face and talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like even if we're like sitting, like, I don't know, like at a pool or like go to get lunch. Like there's like stuff around that like makes me feel more comfortable. Like if for some reason we don't have something to talk about, then it's not as awkward. Like that's the thing that goes through my mind is like, what am I going to talk to this person about? I don't know. (laughs) That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, All right. What is the most important thing to you as an Enneagram seven in life? Um, definitely community. Hmm. I would say, I think like since COVID community has been sort of like hard for me to find. Um, I was like super busy during COVID actually, which most people were doing nothing. (laughs) And so I literally saw nobody except for Nick and like two other people, which I know a lot of people didn't see anybody, but you know, you had like neighborhoods where you'd go walking and make friends with your neighbors or whatever. So I kind of am having to like re make friends with people because <laughs> it was like three years and you don't talk to anybody. It's like crazy. So <clears throat> that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I think community for sure for sevens, they want, they want to have their tribe super important. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is there anything else for, uh, that you would want someone to know about Enneagram seven that we haven't touched on already? Um, I think that just like knowing that if you're friends with seven or married to seven or your kid or seven, whatever, if you have a seven that's close to you, if you're not super close to them, then they probably won't be receptive of this. But um, just like maybe asking them how they're feeling every once in a while, they're probably not going to really want to talk about it, but we need to because it's helpful. But yeah. it might be odd the first couple times you ask them, but I would keep asking if you feel close enough to them to do so because it is nice. That's really good. That's really good. I like that. I think a lot of the things, I think a lot of the things when I ask this question, it comes back to, um, this is what we need more than what we want yeah. type of answers, you know, and yeah. uh, that's <laughs> super important, uh, for us to understand what the, what, what we, what each other needs, I think. So awesome. Lou, 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 Lou. <laughs> almost did the L sound. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of this. That was super fun. For me, hopefully it wasn't too awkward for you since we're just staring at each other talking. <laughs> uh, no, not too bad. I have yeah. some stuff in my room I was looking at. <laughs> Keep you entertained while I'm babbling on about feelings. No, um, you're good. <laughs> I want to point people to a couple of resources before we head off. I mentioned um, Jackie Brewster. She's Enneagram with JB on Instagram and EnneagramWithJB.com. Check out all of her resources. They're super amazing. Also, Beth McCord. And her husband, Jeff, um, provide really great resources and insights um, 
for Enneagrams through the lens of the gospel. You can find them at your Enneagram coach on Instagram, or you can also follow along at your Enneagram And a book that I would recommend that you read or listen to if you're not a book reading person or watch a video on or however you want to consume it. If this Enneagram stuff is new to you, I highly recommend you check out a book by Ian Morgan Cron called The Road Back to You to help you kind of really understand what this is all about and why we're talking about it all the time. So yeah, those are great resources. Lou, thanks again for joining us. Yeah. That was fun and educational, which sevens <laughs> no existing <laughs> things go hand in hand, but they do. Yes. Um Yes, awesome. Well, that's all for this time. Uh, we've got a few more of these Enneagram episodes coming up, but we'll talk to you next time on the Winning in Life Without Losing Your Mind podcast. Mm-hmm.